now an important broadcasting announcement. Viewers and listeners may note that the sound recording of this week's edition of Nice Things is just a little bit f***ed. This is due to a contractual obligation to record on the bird mechanical system. Those responsible for this decision have been imprisoned, and normal services will be resumed next week. But now, on with the show! Well, in an hour, there's more bum-based fun and games as the Robinson family from Whitstable take on the Khan family from Athelhampton and come face-to-face with host Clive Dunn for this week's They Don't Like It Up'em and this week's guest proctologist is TVAM's Wincy Willis. But before we lay out the rubber sheet, it's time to join Mike and Paul for this week's Nice Things. Thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week, aside from Coco the dog, who's a, a, a Jack Wawa or a Chi Russell or a Jack Wawa or what do they call him? A Jack Chi. I've remembered what she is. A Jack, a Jack Chi. A Jack Chi. A Chihuahua and a Jack Russell. All in one handy packet. <laughs> okay, fair enough. There she oh. is. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello, Coco. Oh, there she is, look, looking right at the camera. Oh, spot well, on. Joining me, this Sir Michael Livesley this week, aside from Coco the Jack G, we um, have... Uh, yo, I'm Eddie Murphy, and I'm appearing this week as Paul Carmichael. Hello. Hello, Beverly Hills Cock. Hello, that's one of my favourites, yes. Right then, I think we'll uh, I think we'll let this wee Dougie go. Go and, go oh. and have, a, go and have a, a good time. Took her out for a walk this morning. No. Oh. Not want to. Oh, no, they often don't. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, with Stanley, I'm always thinking, okay, let's do the walk. And he's like, no, don't want to. Yeah, you'd think with your dog, Spaniel and... Uh, Border Collie Poodle. Yeah, oh, Poodle. Poodle, yeah. I don't know what they're like, but Border Collies are just like that more. Oh, yeah. Once he's out, he's absolutely fine, but he's also quite a lazy animal as well. Well, it's kind of like us, that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'd rather be at home watching nice things on the television, but if you make me go outside, I will have fun. Well, it's been a good week for telly-watching. Has it? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've been too busy to do... Uh, I've scores in the occasional 1990. All right, how far any you in? Oh, man, I'm in Series 2 where it really gets... Go- I mean, it's it's still... It's one of those things... I don't know what it is about it. It's It's... There's a feel to it. There's a vibe to it. When you see that Austin princess driving round, right, which yeah. stopped production, what, about late 70s, early 80s or something? Yeah, yeah. So it did. However, with the premise of the show, that during the 80s and the late 70s, Britain isolated itself from the rest of the world, Yeah. then why wouldn't British Leyland still be producing old cars? You know, in the same way that, I'm not certain about now, but India certainly still produced, um, I think they were the old Prince, or was it the Cambridge or something? Yeah, you ever remember seeing, I don't know about now, 
but about 20 years ago the diplomatic cars and stuff and the governmental cars were still big old 50s british things yes yes i do remember stopped making them I think this is the right thing. When we stopped making them, we sold the dies, you know, that press the panels and make. Yeah. I think we sold everything to India. I'm not entirely certain. But anyway, yeah. I digress. It's entirely plausible. So it's set in 1990. Oh, they're all driving around in 70s cars. Aha! Ah. There's been a trade embargo since the late 70s, therefore. Well, I think, I think let's look at where the inspiration for that would have come from. When was this produced? 78, 79? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of a little off-brand for the BBC because I always think of the BBC as being sort of like quite leftist. I well, know that tons of people think it's a right-wing thing, so you, you're never going to win that. Never. No, I've given up. But I associate 1970s BBC, a lot of left-wing people in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, certainly when you watch Doctor Who with the Green Death and stuff like that, you know. Does that, yeah. So I think that for them it's quite off-brand because although the words communism and socialism are never used in the entire series, it's obviously a left-wing government because the trade unions are in there, aren't they? And, uh, they are. John I mean, Savident. Oh, Savident's magnificent. See, I'm thinking about that, but then the only other thing I can think of where you've definitely got a political comment in television at the time is there's a Blue Peter from we know when the blackouts were happening all the bloody time. And they they do this thing of advising that you should go and check in on an old person, right? But the way that they suggest you check in on an old person is is brilliant. It's I think it's an attempt to kill them because they're suggesting that the key thing that you've got to do is keep the old folk warm. And the way that you could help them do this is get get one of your father's newspapers, as Val says, open it up and spread it under the sheet on top of the mattress, right? And then. Make sure they've got extra blankets so that they can be tucked in and they can't move. And then make sure there's lots of candles everywhere. I mean, yeah, it's going to be like that photo of that woman. You remember in the 80s when... The leg in uh, the fireplace. That's it. Spontaneous human combustion. That was interesting. Yeah. Well, that reminds me immediately of the unexplained, the part work. Do you remember that? that. I I had that. I've got loads of them. Oh, did you get the folders? The book. Sorry. Did you get the folders that you could put them into? You could, oh, I, I, got, I got I got given I them by a guy in Burton Wood once. So my man went out with this fella called Danny, who was mm. horrendous, absolutely mm. horrendous guy. Yeah. Right? This is my mum, okay? My mum wouldn't even drink or out like that. Mm. She met Danny. Within two weeks, I came home, and she, was, she had uh, f- uh, forged five-pound notes in the tumble dryer. It was like... <laughs> Right, okay, so things have moved on a pace here. Was Danny a spiv? Da- was he a spiv? Did you a spiv? Turn you up a little bit. Yeah, no, he was, was just an arsehole. Oh, okay, he was just an right. arsehole. He'd come, he, he used to go out and get shit-faced. Mm. And the next thing, the car would pull up on the front. It was like, wait till your father gets home. You know, the lights in the driveway. And yes. the lights would appear. And anyway, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to divulge too much. Anyway... So, um, he come on one night with his shirt ripped to shreds. He was about 50-odd a summer, mm. but, like, he looked like, not so much Michael Elphick, but he looked like he played a bruiser in Albion Market. You know, that kind of guy. Yes. Al Hunter Ashton. Yes, something like yes. that. Big right. bugger. Massive yeah, yeah. guy. 
And he'd come home with his shirt ripped because he'd always go to the pub every night, but he'd always wear a white shirt, like a bouncer, dressed like uh, a bouncer. Hal Hunter Ashton is not a bad comparison. Right. He's not exactly right. I'll think who I'm on about. Anyway, they come home one night with the shirt ripped to shreds and blood. And uh, he's like, I says to him, my mum stood there, by the way. Oh, uh, she said to him, you know, what's happening? He said, some young lad fucking swearing in front of women, so I pasted him. Hang on, my mum stood there and you've just said fucking swearing. Mm. That's what you're dealing with. Did you point this out to him? I couldn't be asked. There's Very a reason wise. why. Um, anyway, so apart from him being a thug, mm. uh, what was the point to this story? Bringing Danny up. I'm not entirely sure. No, I'm not. What were we talking about? Well, we were talking about 1990, weren't we? And I'm wondering, you know, with what you were saying about the cars... With it being made in 7879, I'm just wondering if maybe what they did there was they had a look at Soviet Russia. Because, of course, the cars... Oh, no, it's that totally were... Soviet Russia. That... Yeah, so I'm wondering if the car bit, maybe they didn't worry about the car problem. Because when you look at the cars being driven in Soviet Russia in the... Excuse me, in the 70s. I mean, they weren't exactly going for the latest models, were they? they were. What was the point of that story? I'm still... Um... Well, let's, I mean, oh, if only somebody was recording this. I'm trying to rewind in my head what the bloody point was. Uh, right, we went from 1990. Yeah. No, then we were with him. No, there was a subordinate step. Was there? Okay, hang on. 1990 and old cars. Yeah. Burton Wood, the unexplained. The, the unexplained. unexplained. I got him off a guy in Burton Wood. It was his cousin or summer. He's one of those guys... Right, in places like Burton Wood, the families are all related. Oh, yes. Anyway, this guy used to... What they say in Burton Wood instead of mate is they say shoe. Why? I don't know. Rick Astley would know because he's from Burton Wood, but he's not okay. with us, sadly. So no. it's, it's like what they say there instead of all right, mate, is all right, shoe. And this guy used to wear a baseball cap, and I once saw him take it off and completely weave his hair into, like, a pretend hair piece and put the cap back on so he had a fringe, and that it was amazing. Wow. Anyway, we ended up calling him Shitty Shoe. <laughs> <laughs> you know calf. You've got yeah. shit shoes on, you shit, shitty shoe bastard. Yeah. Shitty Shoe gave me a stack of the unexplained. Thank you for that. I've there we go. Thank God. I spent... The listeners really enjoyed that. I think this is what they tune in for. I spent an awful lot of the 80s being very concerned that the old people in my life would suddenly catch fire. Oh, my Lord. I used to turn the light on and off ten times when I went to bed, before mm. I went to bed. Otherwise, me nan would die in the night. Right, that's got nothing to do with the unexplained. What the hell's that about? OCD. Right, okay. It's extreme OCD. I remember when we first read... Do you remember, I'm guessing this happened to you too, but in fifth year, we read To Kill a Mockingbird? We did, yes. Yeah. When I read that... I can't remember the character in it, but one of the characters has to touch the oak tree ten times. Otherwise, yeah. And I read that and I was like, right, it's not just me that's that mad. Ah, uh, okay. Now, I don't but... do this kind of thing anymore. Right. But anyway. Well, no, that's good that you don't. I think otherwise you'd be going off and trying to shoot John Lennon next. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, well, wasn't it? I mean, wasn't it also that he'd read? Um, he was a big religious nut, and he'd he got very offended by that thing about you know bigger than Jesus. I think that was part of it, right? 
It's usually the right wing fundamentalist. She sold oh. the apart. She's selling the apartment, isn't she, Yoko? Is she? Mm -hmm. Oh. I don't think we can afford it, dear. It's something like fifteen million dollars. Oh bollocks! Ooh, the explains great. I got the book as well. You can get it on eBay for about 10 pence. Of the Unexplained? So they brought a book out. It's about that thick with all the best gear out of the Unexplained in it. Oh. Do you remember the advert that was on the telly with the funny noise saying it was a recording of space? I do, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But wasn't there also... Now, was that the part work that came with a flexi-disc that said it had Voices of the Dead? Probably. Now, that scared the shit out of me. I only played it once. Oh, that was enough. the Joe Meek recording of the cat by the grave? No. So Joe Meek was obsessed with the afterlife and spirituality, right? You know Joe Meek was, Telstar, all that. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, probably the most innovative producer that we had mm. early doors on um, UK popular music. It's like, um, have you heard his concept album from the late 50s, the space one? No, I haven't, no. Let's put it together. Anyway... Yeah, you'd get things like on uh, things like uh, Tornadoes records and things like that, because it was all weather with him, wasn't it? Billy Fury, the Tornadoes, the Hurricanes, yeah. and all that business. For a bass drum sound, he, he stamped, he jumped up in the air and did uh, his floorboard. <laughs> That's brilliant. And bear in mind, he had he was doing using one-track recording. Yeah. Clever bloke. Right. Anyway, he was obsessed with the afterlife, and he took... Um, is real to real to Highgate Cemetery, uh -huh. and he recorded what he said. The spirit of the dead guy was in the cat that was stood on the grave, and he recorded the cat. And if you hear the cat, it does sound like a human talking. Was it not possibly just a human talking? Oh, it could be. Oh, it's Joe Meek. Right. Okay. You know, but that's what he said. But anyway, speaking of eerie sound, yeah, that was potentially fabricated. Hmm. That's one. Well, no, that that is, but that recording, that record, the little flexi disc, Voices from the Grave, I think it was called. <sighs> that scared me. I'm going to find it and get it, yeah. Oh no, no, because I still have issues with that sort of thing. Thanks to thanks to my family. Like flowers in the fall for you. Oh no! I have to do a commentary on that. Oh my god! Oh, I'd rather do a commentary on that bloody what's it called, Pender's Fen. I like that. I know you do. I don't understand that at all. I was convinced you would hate it, but maybe I need to reappraise it. Ah, but I like Caractacus and that uh, whole Malvern thing and Edward Elgar. Well, but this is the thing I do too, and it sort of fits in perfectly to the whole sort of like the hauntological is all there, the parapsychology, uh, parageography rather, that's all absolutely there. But ultimately I can't get it out of my head that it's the little lad from Time Slip wandering around just looking for somewhere to have a toss. That's all that I can think it is. Well, you know. I fight against these that thoughts. says more about you. I know it does. I know it does. And I'm always just terrified that one day I'll get to meet Spencer Banks, which I would love to do because he seems like the nicest man in the world. I love our rhyming slang for your theorem. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And I'll, I'll forget to say anything about time slip or anything. And I'll just say, Pender's Fen, Spence. Let's talk about that, shall we, you dirty man? Um, it'll all go wrong from there. However, talking of uh, wrist-based activities, uh, today... If you are watching this on the day of release, no pun intended, um, is International Left-Hander Day, dear. Yes, and yes. my left hand is knackered. How have you done that? Yoga. Okay. Mm. 
This is the thing. You do these things that you say that they're good for you, but you keep hurting yourself. Yeah, that really hurts. I mean, to be honest with you, it started... No, it's the yoga. Isn't yoga just largely sitting still? No. No, no. no. It doesn't look very active. It's not like you're doing the old Daily Thompson, are you? It's... No, it isn't that, but it's... <clears throat> One of the things that's really uh, difficult is I think it's called the forward fold. Right. So your legs perfectly straight, bending down, putting your hands flat on the floor. And if you have to bend your knees, then straighten your legs. Jesus, man. Explain again. So I, I lie down. Hands and feet. Yeah. Flat on the floor. Legs perfectly straight. Try that. But basically, I'm touching my toes, but going a bit further. Hands flat on the floor. Okay. Try it now. Try it. Not with the myelitis, dear. That'd kill me. That'd finish me off. I, I, so you're watching the video, right? Right. What I do, I've, I've rigged the loft out as a torture dungeon for me. Absolutely, yeah. So I just do it on YouTube. I couldn't be asked going to a class or something like that. Oh, no. Absolutely no. not. No. No. We'd be here all day if I started on yoga classes. However, my problem. So I'm in the loft and she does this forward fold on YouTube and I'm just like that. <laughs> Pissy, no. No? Oh, man, it's hard. Anyway, so there's another move. There's another few moves. And anyway, I broke this wrist as a kid. I was on a wall at school as a kid. Right. There was a fight. Oh. And so some wag decided it would be funny to shove me off the wall. Oh. And what did I do? Put my hands oh. out to break. And uh, you know whatever them two bones are called that attach your hand to your arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I broke both of them. So my hand was hanging off apart from the skin. Oh. And uh, and I think that it's that that sort of because they never set it right. I had to go in for it to be reset. Oh no! I, I, like, oh, I, you don't need any anaesthetic. Click! Wow! Oh dear! That really hurt. Schools are dangerous, aren't they? I once tried to get out of doing a test because I was I, I didn't want to do it, and I was trying to think of the best way to get out of it. And at the time, I had quite bad hay fever. So I went out onto the school playing field, and you know when you can just sort of run your hand up the stem and collect all the sort of the, the grass seed from the top. So I did that all over the place, and I thought the obvious oh, thing thought the obvious thing to do here is get a handful of that, open my eyes and go like that and shove it in my face. I thought that's bound to get me an afternoon off school. And it did, but for the wrong reason. Because I did that, was almost instantly blinded, and ran in a blind panic, head first into a wall. And pretty much not myself unconscious. Got the afternoon off school, but it wasn't spent watching Crown Court, unfortunately, because I was just lying there thinking I was actually going to die. That was... Hmm. I remember Dominic Turner shoving a ball bearing up his nose. <laughs> Did he? Steel. Yeah, you know in cars? Yeah. Ball bearing... Well, they're not ball bearings. They're bearing rings. And they've got, like... So you imagine a sort of metal ring. Yeah. In a U, upside down U shape, and it's got mm. like gaps all the way around and kind of metal discs there, so they move. Mm. You get the picture. I do. And he got one of the metal discs and shoved it right up his nose. It's quite oh, exciting. Yeah. Well, that would have been exciting. Better than Michael Hanton shitting his pants in my class. That was the most exciting thing that ever happened. Did he do it regular though? No, it was just a one off, but that's why it was so exciting. You know, it had never happened before. Just, oh. We had regular shitters. Really? Mm. There were serial shitters in our class. How many of them? 
Oh, I'd say one or two. I won't name them on air. Right. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that. The... <laughs> it's like Count Arthur Strong. I was working with a young fellow. I won't say his name. Richard Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't say his name. Um, yeah, regular ones. Because they were all they were always going to miss Mrs. Tracy for the big pants. Oh, okay. You'd think they'd get them in their size, seeing as they were you, regular shit. You would. So presumably these were just men's pants left men's over. Pants. Men's anyway, pants. Anyway, dear boy. Um, yeah. Nice things this week. I bought this t-shirty thing off eBay. Not not keen on it. Okay. Um, sometimes you just buy things, don't you? You do sometimes. Actually, yeah. can you see how it's got these little buttony things? Yeah. Little loops. Yeah. I was kind of inspired by the rather arresting garment you're wearing. It, it oh. wasn't. I'd never. I'd not seen that, but it was that vibe. Can you see how you've got loops and buttons? Yeah, yeah. There's there's loops there as well. well now, absolutely. When we went to Salford. I think mm. you were busy, actually. Yeah. Did you come to when uh, Neil was on University Challenge? No, no, I didn't go to that, no. Right. Um, yeah, so anyway, when Neil did, Neil Innes, when he did that and we went up to watch him, he had the same kind of vibe as you, mm. but it was uh, turquoise with the trousers to match. Have oh. you got the trousers to match? No, I haven't yet. Anyway, I so need... this is crap, really. Yeah. But that's the real deal. It is. It's the real deal. This. This is. This is. Uh, this is that's Indian. Glorious, isn't it? Beautiful. I'm to stand up and look at yeah. This. It's. It's the proper hit. What are they called? They've got to have a name. They do. And you know what? I should have found out, and I haven't yet. Um, but uh, no, I should say this is. Uh, this is rather. Well, it's a lovely thing and a bit of a, a sad thing. I had a lovely neighbour. Marcus, known as uh, Mr. Toad, um, because he had a love of motor cars, um, which extended, extended throughout his life to the point that uh, even when he got uh, one of those little motor vehicles that you get when you're getting on a bit, which he named his Whizbang, um, he got in trouble with the police for speeding and <laughs> crashing, crashing in it. Um, but uh, he passed away uh, this week, um, just over a week ago now, actually. Um, just one of those people, you know, when you meet in life, and they are just genuinely decent, lovely people. Um, that sure would what... dear me to him anyway. I mean, a chap who'd buy a garment like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I remember once um, when uh, we came back en masse from uh, being up in Scotland, and there'd been a flood, and the whole of the house was total. Ceilings had come in and all this sort of stuff. And uh, Marcus and his wife, Betty, just... Took us all in, and we lived there for a, for a while uh, until we could find somewhere else to live. Um, and I have never met a person who was quite so polite to an Alexa as as he was. I mean, just just beautifully um, polite to this Alexa. Um, but yes, so I've I've inherited. Um, he was he was a Quaker as well, quite high up in the Quaker. Um, is it a church? Do you call it a church if they're Quakers? Not certain. Well, I'm not certain. What, how does it work, Quakerism? Is it Quakerism? Well, I, I think it is, yeah. Well, from what I understand, it seems to just be this thing where basically it's all quite calm and it's all rather peaceful. It's it's so it's much closer, I think, to Buddhism than uh, Christianity or anything like that. Um, so, for example, when the funeral happens, Quaker funeral, everybody sits there and it's just nice and quiet. And if you... Fa- dogs kicking off and if you fancy uh saying something then you just say something 
but there's nothing sort of rigid or anything like that. Um, it's like yeah. Quaker meeting houses. Oh, they're lovely. I used, I used to do violin exams in those. Uh, I did those. Um, but anyway, so I've inherited uh, the, the Indian uh, outfit. I've also inherited uh, a Moroccan outfit. Oh, that is stunning, mate. That's absolutely stunning. Because um, it looks like a big sheet of A4 paper, but it's really well sort of like trimmed and it's nicely fitted. Um, and, and his Chinese clothes as well. He, he went for it with the clothes. Um, so yes, I seem to have inherited those, which is rather nice. Oh, it's very um, nice. Yeah, but yeah, a lovely, lovely bloke. I mean, just one of those people who is genuinely a nice human being, lived his life well. And like Paul Eddington, you know that lovely thing where Paul Eddington, when he was not far from dying, and he said he wanted to be remembered as somebody who'd done very little harm. Yeah. That sums Marcus up. Just lived just there. I can see the top of his house here, uh, which on the front of it has got a big plaque declaring that it is Toad Hall. Lovely. Fantastic. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, but, yes, I'm very grateful. So now I get to dress rather like it's the 60s, and I'm George Harrison. You are George Harrison. Uh, who wasn't left-handed? He wasn't left-handed. You are. I'm partly left-handed. It's a strange one with, with my... Uh... So you ambidextrous? Yes and no. So the story goes that um, when I first started school, this is what my mum mm. told me, I used to write with my left hand, but uh, let me remember who it would be. It was either Miss Lancashire or Miss Bibby, because they were all, strangely enough, ex-nurses. Uh, yeah. Nuns. Not nurses. They were ex-nuns who were still miss, so they never yeah. got married. So I suppose they just lost the habit. Um, I, I know, I couldn't resist. Um, anyway, so one of them, every time I used to pick up the pen to write with the left hand, used yeah. to hit my left hand with a ruler and make me write with the other hand. Oh, nice. Um, and then that progressed to making me sit on my left hand so that I would write with my right hand. Mm. So then... I write with my right hand. I can write with my left hand, but I write with my right hand predominantly. And then when you get older and encounter tasks that Miss Bibby and Miss Lancashire aren't around to punish you for, like the guitar or playing pool or whatever it might be, I do them left-handed. Okay. So uh, when you look at how it works, well, it was that old... I think that they had that old uh, old school opinion of people mm. who were left-handed. Because yeah. you know what the Latin for left-handed is? The what? Well, the Latin for left, sinister. There you go. When it's Roman nice. lesions march, mm -hmm. left, right, sinister, dexter, sinister, dexter, sinister, dexter. So that's the word where we get dexterous from, right? Yeah. And funnily that's... enough, there was a show about a serial killer called Dexter, and he was sinister, wasn't he? Oh, well, he would have been, one would hope. So, you know, they should have spotted him. But, no, it's... it's in, Well, David Bowie was left-handed, but he played the guitar right-handed. There's because, a lot of left-handed people play it right-handed. Yeah, but in his case, it was just because when he went to the shop to buy his first guitar, they didn't have one for left-handed people, so he learnt right-handed. Well, they reckon but, that people who are one way or another, left hmm. or right-handed, who do things the other way, it leads to a kind of... What's the word? Not maladapted, but a differentiation in the way the brain forms. Well, it's to do with the two hemispheres, isn't it? That explains it? a lot with me. It does, doesn't it, actually? Yeah. I suppose it does. But um, 
Uh, with the Romans, you see, that's interesting. So I was doing a bit of reading up before, and of course, that we've got this thing that seems to start in the Middle Ages in this country, which is basically this association with with evil um, and the idea the that left-hand left path. There you go. If you are left-handed, then why is that? So there's an association. You know what they call archaeologists? Slang, no. Victorian slang for an archaeologist. No. A left-handed gardener. Sounds like a euphemism for something else. I know. Good Lord. No, I didn't know that. But, yeah, well, no, there was this thing where... I think it's because is it in Satanism, all the gestures uh, were done with the left hand. Well, Satanism's all about inversions, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got that. So... I think that there's an association there, but then I was thinking, obviously these things have got to come from somewhere, so that's in the Dark Ages, but then I'm wondering how much of that is a hangover from Roman rule, because of course the Romans would do everything like eating, shaking hands, writing with the right hand, whereas the left hand was reserved for toilety matters. And stuff well, like exactly, that. that's obviously where it comes from, it's the unclean <laughs> thing, isn't it? Oh, it's the unclean thing, but, you know, immediately my thought was there must be a religious sort of thing about, you know, the devil on God's left hand, and there isn't. There's there's a lot of things, so when you go to a castle, the way that the spiral staircases are built, yeah, it's so that anyone coming up the stairs to attack you would mm. be hampered because a right-handed swordsman would be screwed. That's right, yeah. Whereas if a left-handed swordsman was there, they could attack. Yes. So I suppose there's all kinds of, I mean... But but then that's presumably just because also like 90% of people are right-handed, so it sort of also makes sense to do it that way. So you Consensus. Yeah, that's it. I, I suppose there's a bit of that. But certainly, I mean, again, back to Soviet Russia, I mean, they were buggers for it, they weren't they? They would train it out of you if you were left-handed. Yeah, I had it done to me. Yeah. So it's a fascinating thing, isn't it? Four of the... Is it four? Yeah, I think it's four Four or five of the last nine presidents of the USA, though, have been left-handed. Really? Yeah, I've actually... Hang on, I've got a list here. Uh, here, we, here we are. Um, Clinton, George H.W. Bush, uh, Reagan and Ford. So out of the last nine, all of them. Which is... So that's a bit of an odd thing. That doesn't suggest it's only 10%. Are or they all related? Coming out. Well, aren't they all related to the Queen, every president bar Trump? Really? How's that work with Obama? Well, he's related to Dick Cheney, isn't he? I think I'm right in saying that. I don't know. Is this just some load of old shit? Or I can check. I think you need to check, check this. I got this from the BBC, dear boy. Oh, then there's no need to check, is there? Because this is pure accuracy. You know which said that they predicted John Kerry would win? Back yeah. In. No, I'll go one of them. Do you remember like, the hanging chads and whatnot? Right. There you go. Obama is vice president's distant cousin, the Guardian. Oh, Obama's oh. family tree expanded to include the Bushes and the Pitts. That's the Guardian too. Okay. Um. So anyway, this doc on BBC was saying that. All U.S. president. I mean, this is pre-Trump. I don't think Trump's related to the Queen. Absolutely not. But apparently they're all... So you know that whole uh, good old boys American thing about saying the British never really left? Yes. Uh, well, uh, I like to think not. We left our chap in there. Well, yeah, but if you go back far enough, isn't it... Was it Henry the 
just oh, one of the Henrys, and basically about 90% of us are related to him. You know, ultimately, if you weave it back far enough, we're all interrelated. Yeah, let's have a look. US President's royal family. Related. Uh-oh. Ow. Me wrist. Um, go on. With the exception of Martin Van Buren and perhaps Dwight D. Eisenhower, every president has ancestors from the British Isles. Oh. I don't oh. know, then. I might have... Well, that's not very exciting. They basically all bloody come from here on the Mayflower. That's, oh, that's less exciting now. I think this was me when I'd had a few. <laughs> I think it might be. I think it, it could be. They might have said British and... I really wanted... It was either Al Gore or John Kerry. I can't remember, but I really hated Bush. Right. And I sat up and watched... I'd had a few. I'd, I'd, you know, Arthur <laughs> Lowe was his... I don't mind missing that. Yes. Um... <laughs> And I stayed up all night to watch it mm. because we'd had Iraq and we'd had Afghanistan and Al Gore or John Kerry was saying they were going to end the war. Yeah. So I stayed up all night and then they yeah. lost. Ooh, there you go. Mm. Mm. Anyway, left-handed. Left-handed. Judy Garland. Left-handed. McCartney. But, but Judy Garland wasn't allowed to be, of course. That's one of the many things that... Um, what's his bloody name? Mayor. Louis B. Mayer, uh, he didn't like that about her, so she was forced not to be right, uh, left-handed. Um, at the same time, he's force-feeding her amphetamines all the time. But, um, yeah, to stop her being overweight. Well, it wasn't just that. No, it was. I mean, it was oh, part. So of she'd work. It was so she'd work because she was doing sixteen-hour days shooting, and it was to keep her vivacious on set to just fill her with speed. Go on. Also, with it. the Beatles, um, when they're mm. in Hamburg, wasn't it? There was a big jar on the bar as Lennon tells the story, mm. you know, and it was like they were like Mac Shaw, Mac Shaw, make show, and so they'd do like sixteen hours playing. That's why they were tight as a gnat's chuff. Yeah, and became the Beatles because of doing these sixteen-hour days. I know, yeah. But McCartney, uh, one that maybe you know, maybe you don't. Kenneth Williams, left-handed. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. That's um, who else was that? Um, Prince William. Oh. There you go. Uh, who were the other ones? Keanu Reeves. He was another one. I like I'm Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I think he's a lovely human being from what I've seen. I, I just personally. like him. I think he's sad. I love his films. But you've got to love that. Have you never seen The Matrix? Do you know what I watched last night for the first time in my life? Go on. Jaws. What do you mean for the first time? For the first time in my life I've seen Jaws. I always thought, oh, it's a film about a shark who... Oh! It's absolutely brilliant. It's freaking brilliant, mate. The way that it's set up in that small town America, the white picket fences, the characters, it's solid. Every single performance is rocks, and it looks beautiful. It's absolutely stunningly shot. Oh, the man. way it's done, and you know, my favourite thing about the, about Jaws is it's the way that they they keep that shark back for so long. Yeah, it is a bit rubbery it. when you see it at the end. It, it is, but you know why they keep it back that long? It's not just to build suspense. It's because it didn't bloody work. So they would take, they would go out. If you see shots of it, that then they've got this shark and it's built on this massive sort of pivoting arm. So the arm's just under the ocean so it could rise up and things. And every day they go out to start shooting. And then over the uh, loud hailers, you just hear, the shark is not working. 
every day for months and months and months till they were near the end of the shoot. And that's why when you see it, you don't see it that often. But I think when you do see it, I mean, there's there's a couple of times it looks a, <coughs> a little bit dodgy, but nearly 50 years old. But when it when it eats... I, I was going to say before we talk about that, that's a spoiler. Oh, oh I'm, I'm I, know, I know there's probably only me who hasn't seen Jaws yeah. till last night, but yeah. it was on Netflix and it was just like, oh, put Jaws on. Wow. Mm. It's, it's just... The, it's just brilliant. The way it looks is beautiful. It, oh yeah, I, I. It's just the Americana about it. Mm. You know, the characters are so well defined. I mean, you know, Robert Shaw. I, I mean, what? What? I, I mean, you'd need a ten-hour podcast just to talk about him. Shaw's brilliant. He's. It's his last film, isn't it? Because he died in seventy-eight. Yeah, he died shortly after it. It's my mm. memory. Like Peter Finch with Network. Yeah, but no, he died good, shortly after that. Good fine Yorkshireman, as well, of course. Sorry, a good fine Yorkshireman, as I recall. Is Peter he? Finch? No, um, sure. Oh, Shaw was Welsh, wasn't he? I... Um, Richard Burton didn't he grow up a few streets away from Richard Burton? Didn't they have the same English teacher encouraged them to act? Is that what it was? I I, I thought I read. Uh, hang on a moment, I'm going to check this. Uh... But Robert Shine, the caretaker in the birthday party. Oh. oh my lord! Absolutely magnificent. He's he's a stunning, stunning performer. Right here we go. Hang on, Lancashire. Oh right. So who am I thinking of then? I'm not sure. We had the same English teacher as Richard Burton. Oh, I don't know. It was a great doc on uh, Radio Four about Richard Burton. Mm. This is I'm man in the pub today, aren't I? Yes, you are. Yeah. Um, Oh, there we go. Yeah, Lancashire. He's born, and then he died in County Mayo over in Ireland. Um, but he is absolutely phenomenal in that performance, and I think that his death is just so well performed. It's one of those times when you know, ultimately, he's, there's that. Have you seen the lovely photo of him lying there, half out the shark's mouth, and he's got his hands behind his head, and he's having a ciggy? No. Oh, I love that photo. He's just relaxing, just getting ready to do his shot. Do you know who it was? <sighs> go on. Stanley Baker. Oh, Stanley Baker. Stanley Baker. I think I'm right in saying him and Richard Burton had the same teacher. God, how could I mix them up? I suppose they both probably died around the same time. They probably did. They probably did. don't know if he was left-handed or anything. But he befriended actor Richard Burton. and began... I don't think they had the same teacher. Yeah, it's man in the pub. I am man in the pub today. That's all right. That's okay, that's okay. So being left-handed, apart from teachers being cross with you, has that ever held you back, or have you been accused of witchcraft or anything, dear? Only at school. Oh. I, don't re I don't recall it being anything. It's certainly, in the past, it's it's led to some kind of, a few romantic liaisons. Really? Hmm. What, because the ladies just wanted to know what the left hand no, could... different... Oh. You remember when you went through that whole stage when you were like a student? Yeah. And because you've been different in school, mm. you never ever got any girls. Mm. And then all of a sudden, being different was a plus. Yeah. You know, you got long hair. Yeah. You're scruffy. You're yeah. left handed. You play the guitar. Whatever it is. Yeah. It made you a bit more interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Because whereas, I suppose, all 99% of the guys who came out of school 
all walked around in Burton's shirts and all this other business and got nice jobs and good haircuts. Yes. You were different. Yeah. I think that was actually, we unwittingly strayed into a prosperous uh, area there. I wonder if it's still like that now. I hope so. I hope it is. I hope so. so. Especially for your boys who are about to embark upon student life. Oh, God, they are, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, oh, tall and windswept. Uh, No problem there. Yeah. I don't know where that jeans come from. It's infuriating. Uh, Both of them now. Both of them. It's bloody ridiculous. Well, it's it's the food, apparently. Well, I think it's the food, but there's also there's a rogue gene on the Rathbone. Oh, is side, that? Of course. Oh, yeah. Well, look at Basil Rathbone. He's up here somewhere. I uh, see. I see. That what gene skipped me. Got them, though. Yes. Not happy with that. Um, well, the royals call us the little people, literally, because we are little. Good Lord. It's, that's nutrition. Yeah. So, I, I wouldn't say it about you, dear, with your blue blood. But certainly with um, my lineage and all the people I know, we are the product of hundreds of years of, uh, what do they call it, privation. Yes. I like that word. I don't like the reality of it. I wonder how tall, you know, in Hale Village, there's the child of Hale, who was meant to have been a giant. He was got bodies on the ground. They could dig him up. No, he was, uh, wasn't he nine foot summer? Man in the pub is back. <laughs> I don't know if he would have been nine foot something. Here you are. Let's have a look. Child of Hale. We're yeah. using uh, fact checkers here today. We are. I thought it'd be probably something like, you know, five and a half foot. John, he was allegedly nine foot three. Yeah. Well, they could dig him up. Well, they just geophysic these days. You don't have to actually desecrate the grave. It's got all that concrete on it, hasn't it? Oh, has it? Hmm. You've never been to the Child of Hale's grave. Not for a very long time. Yeah, I seem to remember it being capped in concrete and having a little metal fence around it. Oh. But there's that house, isn't there, that he used to sleep across the top. And he was presented to Queen Elizabeth I. That's when the official measurement was taken. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought you'd know all this. This is your locale, dear. No, I don't know this. No, no. I feel I need to pay a visit and find out. Says on his grave, nine feet, three inches. Oh, okay. Black lettering, as I. I think I must go and have a look at that. Absolutely. I'm amazed you've not been down there. No, I mean I have, but a very, very long time ago. I don't think I've gone since. Oh God, I must have been. Great tense. walk down to the lighthouse. I remember the lighthouse. I always fancied living in a lighthouse. I'd love that. I, my mate once bought a transit van off a fellow that lived in one in. Is it Moles or Mole or Mel's round? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Mm. When inside, oh, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, I could do a bit of this because in the base they're quite broad, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, they're they're lovely things. That that one came up for sale not too long ago. Mm, should have gone for eight it. million quid. It it was slightly out of my range. Yes, at the time. Yes, a bit annoyed. But We're not uh, doing very well of talking about left-handed people. Are left-handed we? people. No, because it is a special for them, isn't it? Yeah. Child of Ale was left-handed. There you go. Was he? Well, I don't know. I just made that up. Well, let's assume that he was then. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let, let's say he was. Um, who else was? Um, Buzz Aldrin was left-handed. I wonder if he used to punch people who said that he didn't land on the moon with his left hand. Or if he'd do it with the right to spike them in that some clip? I love that. It's brilliant. It's what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No pissing around from Buzz on that one. Yeah, but he's still, like, a pretty 
ripped guy, isn't he? Isn't he like uh -huh. 90 odd? Uh -huh. Yeah. But no, absolutely. Uh, is he the only one still alive from that mission? There's a wasp in here, dear. Oh. No. Oh, look at that. A we don't want this Saxon thing. Protestant. Oh, we might have to have a wee break at this point. Oh, dear. I don't like them. Oh, no, it's gone. What? Why uh, uh, Saxon Protestant? That's what a wasp is, isn't it? Well, I shall take the... Take I've the, never take heard that. that. I've never heard that. You've never, never. heard of... Well, that's the American... Uh, what's it called? Uh, power base. The wasps. I've the never heard that. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. They're all related to Brits. Oh, no, I've never heard that. Good Lord. Oh, no, never. There's the Doors track. Uh, Texas Radio and the Big Beat. Wasp. The Wasp, it's called. The White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I've never considered that that was what it meant. Well, you never we remember the band? It was all capital letters with a dot after each? Yes. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. I just thought they were trying to look cool. Well, they said it's it stood for we are sexual perverts, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, but before we go back to the lefties, because I should say at this point, we've got a poll running at the moment. Have we? Uh, we have. We've got a poll running. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, but Ronnie Allen is my screensaver now. Ah, um, but yes, um, I, I, we're doing a poll on Twitter to try and find out the truth here. Um, to, to find out if uh, left-handed people are either uh, just people, yeah. a bit strange, not sure how, or the servants of Satan. I'll go for option B with me. What, just people? No, wasn't it bit strange? Don't oh, know. bit strange, not sure how. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll find out. If we, at the end of the show, we're going to find out what the, and the people will have spoken. And that always right. goes well, doesn't it, when the people of this country vote on things? Always turns out best. So uh, we're going to find out there uh, in a very short time. And if it goes the wrong way, Gina Miller will sort it out, won't she? She'll sort it out and take us There's to court. There's something I'm dying to talk about with you. Go on. Oh, my wrist. Okay, I'll use the other hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it'll feel like someone else is holding it. Ah! There Have it you watched is. it all now? Private there it shows. is. Private shows. Oh, my dear boy. It is one of my favourite things. I've not had the t a chance this week. I wanted to watch it all this week. Have you watched it all? I've watched it all. Oh, and what I I'm demolished it in three days. This is, without a doubt, one of the finest pieces of television I've ever seen. I'm gutted that I went on stage and interviewed Philip Hinchcliffe, who produced it, and I didn't know about this series, and I didn't ask him about this series. Next time. That annoys me. Um, but if I ever get the chance again, I will. Um, it's so well written. Jack Pullman. His oh, last work, it's produced posthumously, so Jack wouldn't have seen it. Um, the writing is... It's like... It's like it's witty, isn't it? It's. It shouldn't. If it, I think. How do you even start with this? I right, don't even a, know how you sum it up. I'm. I'm letting you do it because okay. it is uh, sublime. Is one word. So for a start off, let's think about the casting. You've got Michael Elphick and Ian Richardson. That is not a combination anyone would ever put together, but it works. The chemistry between the two of them is absolutely stunning. I've always thought of Elphick as being a bit of a non-actor. Slightly yeah. snobbishly going, well, why has he got work? I don't understand. Just Cockney. Boone and whatnot. Boone. I'm not going to watch that central nonsense. 
Elphick in this is absolutely brilliant. He's unbelievably good. I love how, with the scenes that are set in uh, Nazi Germany, everyone's doing the whole thing in RP, but the moment that he's trying to disguise himself amongst English people, they give it a slight twist of German. And, and stylistically, yes. it, it, it's like Littlewood, <coughs> isn't it? It's, it's, it's almost, it's not Brechtian, but it's no. got those overtures because yeah. of, of the way that we see the thought process all the time. Oh. I, what I love with Elphick and Richardson is, so you'll say something Elphick, and then you'll see Richardson not doing an irk, obviously, but he looked to the side. Yes, I will. Yeah. Well, Schultz, we'll do this. And it's yes. like what Schultz has just said. Yes. And then he'll pass his ideas off all the time. But quite, it's like a child thing. Ooh. It's, ah, I, I oh, don't it's... even know how you put this into words, the dynamic it's, between. It's magnificent. So you've got, you've, you've got the fact that Jack Pullman wrote it. And Pullman was one of the best writers we've ever had. Absolutely. Then you've got Robert Chetwin as director. And Chetwin at the time, Chetwin is a theatre director. He's a theatre director and a theatre actor. And I think Philip Hinchcliffe, uh, something fell through that he was going to produce. And then Graham MacDonald, who was head of serials at the BBC, said, oh, never mind, Philip, have a look at this. And then he said, I'm thinking about getting Chetwin to have a go at it. He'd never directed television in his life. So he freely admitted, he'd, he'd, he died not too long ago, he freely admitted to the fact that when he was on set, he was relying on Philip Hinchcliffe and the lads behind the camera to tell him how to actually make it work as a piece to of have television. Oh, you know, you can put me right here with Hinchcliffe, actor, producer, director, uh, uh, writer, uh, copywriter, everything. Um, Hinchcliffe starts in, oh, I think 69 is his first job. He's working in the city in advertising, and he doesn't enjoy it much. So he wrote to Reg Watson, who was producing Crossroads, and said, I could write that. And Reg Watson went, oh, go on then. And he did. <laughs> and it was, isn't that lovely? And it was as simple as that. I could write that. Yeah, do you want but to do you next know week? how, how um, desperate for writers Crossroads was? Oh, they, so that they... would have just been like, all right, go ahead. Oh, well, they had, what, four writers an episode, you know, to actually just get the material. That was so much fun. Can you imagine, though, someone gifting you great stuff? Oh. oh, absolutely perfect. And the writing that he does for it is, it's, it's theatrical and it's nuanced and it's clever. So in the episodes that Hinchcliffe does, I think there's only one episode that still exists of his stuff, but it's witty and it's clever dialogue and the cast sparkle because they're being given stuff that's not, ran, you know, run-of-the-mill soap. They're being given good dialogue and they play it beautifully. He's got that intelligence about him, Hinchcliffe, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. He's su he, I've only seen him on telly, obviously, mm. but he just comes across as super bright, like, bang. Quite, quite intimidating, he's so intelligent. Well, when people that him. intelligent are. Yeah. Especially um, when you consider the sort of treasury of work he's created. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when when I met him and uh, had a quick chat saying what I wanted to talk to him about, and I said, well, I'd like to talk to you about Crossroads. He said, oh, no. No, no, no. We won't talk about that. I went, right, okay. Um, I said, obviously, there's Mary Whitehouse. And he went, oh, no, we're not talking about Whitehouse. Everyone's heard enough about Whitehouse. I'll trade you Whitehouse for Crossroads. And I went, okay, fair enough. 
So he allowed me to talk about Crossroads so long as we didn't talk about White House. I think I've got it somewhere, yeah. Because yeah, that, that sort of, if, he, if it's something he's never t- doesn't talk about often, mm. you know, that's a sort of, that's a resource that... Oh, no, absolutely. Um, but so you get Hinchcliffe as your producer. You get Chetwin coming in as your director. They're working with Pullman's script. And then you get Ian Richardson in. And then it was Robert Chetwin who comes up with the idea of Ian Richardson playing this wonderful Nazi. Well, let's get him to play the other role as well. Let's get him to play the the German is this agent. all on the DVD? Is there it's all on the DVD? Oh, there's an extra. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, yeah, I'd like to say I've not had a chance. Yeah, there's a lovely extra on there. It's Philip Hinchcliffe and um, oh god, I can't remember her name. It's Jack Pullman's widow. Um, Walker. Is that right? Is no. I thought it was because she's in I Clavdivs as uh, Gripanema. Yeah, but it's not Fiona Walker. Are you having a Google? Yeah. Go on, have a quick Google. Because um, she was in Coronation Street for a while, this lady. That's where I recognised her from. Straight away, I went, oh. Um, but, so... Oh, Barbara Ian, Young. Barbara Young, the, that's the other it, group yeah. in Nima. Yes. So, you've got Richardson as the Nazi. Then you've got Richardson as the German agent who is now working for the British in Britain. Playing that role beautifully. And you think, two roles for Richardson. Then Richardson comes back yes, as the Scot using his own accent, the of course. The Scot! Ah, oh, man. That's released from prison. You oh. know what ASMR is, right? Yes, I do. That, oh. using him like that, even now I'm feeling the tingles up the back of my neck. Oh. It is the best. It is just the best when he's the Navi. Oh. And, and I love it because, obviously, Elphick's playing it like, I know you. Mm. Does does that sort of is this him? Uh, yeah, but but Elphick's not overplaying it. Elphick's just he's Elphick's thinking it. I think he's doing that thing with actors where he's thinking, "Do I know you?" But he's not even showing the thought. He's thinking it, and we know he's thinking it. It's that little imperceptible, lovely actors thing, which makes me now totally reappraise Michael Elphick, which I never thought I would do in my life. No, no, I I think I'm. I could be wrong. Oh, I don't know anything about Michael Elphick. But um, from talking to Simon last week, our oh, mutual friend, he remembers yeah. Schultz because he's he's just a whisker older than us and it's, right, it's very yeah. little. However, it's enough to remember the impact of a series like Schultz. Um, and he was saying with Elphick, it completely stamped him on the acting uh, hierarchy and the public consciousness and stuff like that. So I'm not entirely certain what goes on between Schultz and Boone. I know... Uh, I don't know actually because uh, Withnail was eighty six, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, ent- yeah. I'm not entirely certain what goes on because I think mm. Boone had started by then. I don't know anyway, but um, he was a boozer, wasn't he? Oh yes. So there could have been that involved. Oh no, he does the Elephant Man, doesn't he? Nineteen eighty. He does. There's the year before Schultz. So I wonder if he gets that. No, um, he got. Oh, he did a short film that Philip Hinchcliffe had seen. Just a short, and that's how he got this job, from that. I'm going to um, use uh, the fact checker again. Let's have a look at his career, because there's bound to be some that we know. Go on, let's have a look. But, um, oh, I, I cannot recommend this. In a first episode transmitted on my sixth birthday, which had a lot, rather nice little uh, ring to it. Um, and, oh, but then Billy Whitelaw. Ah! Oh, Billy Whitelaw is just 
donning and the thing about that is that every time you see a woman in a a wartime thing in europe any woman who collaborates well fraternizes with the nazis is immediately a traitor and a this and a that and what i love about the writing and white law's performances this is a woman who is completely self-aware and Mm. knows how to survive yes and it's 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 just like well what do you want me to do would you like me to just you know get murdered by these yeah people or because she's planning isn't she she's planning what's going to go happen after the war that's it yeah absolutely all the way through you know oh but it's billy whitelaw in it yeah have you ever seen um, spend 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 no she plays mavis no (laughs) viv nicholson no no i haven't seen that you know the woman who won the pools twice and blew it all yeah yeah won the pools twice Oh, I need to watch um, that. Between Schultz and... He turns up in The Ghosts of Motley All, you know. I remember that, but that's obviously pretty... Fantastic. Pretty Smiley's People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's oh, sort of... up there. That's... Do you know what? That's one I've not watched. In Alvida's name, Petters McGowan, he's fantastic. He's just a pissed Irish worker guy. Uh, lots and lots of stuff. Obviously, three up, two down, which... Uh, I've got to love hate with that. You've got Lizette to love Anthony, it because of the I theme love. music. Lizette Anthony. Oh, well, we know about this from talking about Jack the Ripper that I have issues with. Um, but the theme Jane music Seymour for me. Nah, balls. No, absolutely. Oh, not. The theme absolutely music. Sorry. The theme music to Three Up, Two Down. It's a piece of library music in it. It's library music. It was. I'm, it's one of those where I've, I've. I'm convinced it must have been released as a BBC single at some point, and it never was. Never released. That's a tragedy. It's probably copyright. Possibly, but you know what? You search for it on YouTube, it's not even on there as a clean copy. Well, I can get you the box set out of the sex shop here for a fiver of three up, two down. Really? Mm. Do you know what they've got in the cash converters here? The Ken Loach BBC collection. Bloody hell. Mm. I might oh. go out this afternoon and buy myself that. But well, I think and, and I think that. after this morning's news, we deserve a treat. What was this morning's news? Oh! Oh, yes! Oh, yes. Yes. I think a treat would be quite nice. And it's been a very um, successful week. It has, actually. Um, but, I mean, I'm... I'm Worried about adding anything further because this is the the two watch pile. Yeah, Those keep I've growing. What have you got in there? Let's oh, have a look. I mean, oh, David Lloyd George. George and I've picked up a copy oh, of I've Brandy got a very peculiar past. practice to watch. You're quite very right. Peculiar practice. Then although we've got winter by. coming up, mate. That's the thing that I'm thinking, and I'll tell you what else did I get? Oh, now you see, I picked this up this week. Um, I popped into the cats preservation people what a cat protection league because they have nice stuff in there um and i found something i've been looking for for a while which is an lp of steam trains oh, i love the subtitle for those listening absolutely stereophonic recordings of preserved locomotives running on british rail yes ah uh, kenneth granville atwood well i grew kenneth up in a steeped steeped in all this because my granddad worked at the vulcan Mm. My granddad was a loco welder. Mm. The Rainhill Trials, where they first ran the rocket, was up the yeah. road from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, the first viaduct built in the country uh, at Penkford, which is mm-hmm. near me. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Beeching was still a dirty word in our house growing up. Oh, no, absolutely. As he should be. Not keen. 
When I was in the Cats Protection League, though, I spotted uh, Series 2 of Whatever Happened to the Likely Lads. I thought, well, we'll have that. The, the Christmas special. The Christmas special is on there. I know. And it's so good. And it's so shit. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we could, we've, that fantastic article uh, by Graham Hancock. M- uh, McCann. Graham McCann on, what was it, on Chortle or one of those? Chortle. That? It's on the Chortle website. We should put a link to that on the Twitter. That's... It's superb. It's brilliant. So Buse had no off switch. When they were trying to work, Buse was bloody juggling, doing his Roy Castle, and Mm -hmm. wouldn't stop. And there's an audience there. So they're trying to film a sitcom, and he's like, hi, here's me with my ukulele. Whilst uh, Bolam is just sat in the corner going. Yeah. And Bridget Forsyth tells all the stories, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic, fantastic article. But yeah, pick that up for a quid, and then I thought... Quid! A quid! And of course, it's a two-disc set. And then I thought, but surely that can't be it. Because if someone's given that away, and no, indeed, because there's series one and there's the likely lads Quid as well. Each. Quid each. I hate you. Oh. I hate you. <coughs> Had to be done, dear. Had to be done. That's but... just simply not fair. I'm not going to get them for three quid. No, you know. I'm going to go out won't. this afternoon and try, though. Well, you should give it a go, but I'll tell you what you will get. Because I was thinking of you. And I saw something that I thought you would like. And I thought you might like a six-disc set of Fred Dibner's Railway and Steam collection. Oh, I would. Six, six D, that's for you, dear, when I next see you. Oh, my dear boy. I'm seeing you tomorrow. Are. Yeah, oh, we are, actually, aren't All we? Right. So, there we go. So that's Better for get you. you summer. I'm sure oh. I've got something I was going to give you anyway. Oh, don't you worry. Your friendship is enough. No, you cannot measure that in any measure. <laughs> Um, anyway, look, we should just uh, come to the poll, shouldn't we, and uh, give people the results, because obviously people would be dying to know what the great British public think about left-handed well, as people. As you're checking that, let's uh, honourable mention for Ken Campbell in Schultz. Oh, Campbell's brilliant. I As soon as you see him, it's just like, oh, my God, I'm sorted. Oh, you, are, you know that you're going to have fun. I mean, I, I'm not certain about in sickness and in health. You know, mm. I, I do like it. And probably mm. it was some kind of, you know, affection for Johnny Spate and his fantastic writing. Yeah. Anyway, when Ken Campbell does summer, you know it's going to be a good one. Oh, God, you do. You absolutely do. Um, just before he died, he was uh, touring around doing workshops again. And I was booked in to do a workshop and then he died. They did one here that I missed for various reasons uh, mm-hmm. at the Queen's Hall. And uh, Bill's wife, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. If you get her talking about that, she just said everyone was... It was like a magician was in the room with you. He's stunning. He's brilliant. That episode of Faulty Towers, he's in the anniversary as well. With that episode. Because that episode got delayed because of a strike by two weeks. And so the original actor couldn't do it. So he's like, get Ken. Ken comes in as a last-minute replacement. Only three days rehearsal. There he is doing that. He's a weird one, Ken, isn't he? Because you've got to tune in to what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, you do? Otherwise, you could say, he's shit. Mm -hmm. You absolutely not. There's stuff going on there. Yeah. McCoy has took a lot on as well. Oh, God, yeah. He really Including the name. Yeah. When you watch the two of them working together, there's some stuff online. The two of them together, absolutely brilliant. Had I have known this in 1987, was it? Mm. 86, 87? I would have understood what a, a decent property JNT was wasting. Well, yeah, but then 
when you finally get round to watching that McCoy box set that you've got up there. You know what? You... I can't wait for that. I honestly can't wait. That has made me so happy. I was, yeah. I was wiping down the banister on Saturday. Uh-huh. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to watch that box set and I'm going to love it. When you get into it, you can watch that box set one of two ways. You can watch it and go, but this is light entertainment crap and they've got it wrong. Or you can watch McCoy's skill as a physical theatre performer and Christ, he's good. Well, now I know all that. Yeah. It's a fantastic documentary, you know, on uh, YouTube, mm. on the Ken Campbell Roadshow, mm. uh, a BBC Omnibus, maybe. Yeah, from about 71, I think. Um, isn't it partly filmed in Kirby, I think? Yeah, that's right. No, I've seen that. That's a lovely thing. Absolutely, Absolutely lovely. The headphones um, have just started. Uh, can you speak, dear? Yeah, hello. Can yes. Oh. I, I can hear you now. Ooh, there we go. Me. Thank God for it's that. not you, it's me. Oh, yeah. So let me give you the results of our, of, um, our in-depth um poll uh with the great british public here we go so uh the the question was are left-handed people um servants of satan just people or a bit strange not sure how and you said that they were a bit strange not sure how yeah okay well here we go um in third place only 17 percent of people believe that those with left hands are the servants of satan only 17 percent dear in second place, 38% of the great British public think that left-handed people are a bit strange, not sure how. Mm-hmm. Which means 45% of people think that they're just people. I think that's quite insulting. Well, I do. I don't want to be just a person. You're just a person. But I'm only half left-handed, aren't I? The people of Twitter are saying that you're just half a person. Like the Smiths song. Hey, what, half man, half... No, half a person. It's on. Ah. Uh, it's a Smith song. I need to listen to more of the Smiths. Um, Comment-wise, we've got one comment from uh, Roland uh, Hoglet, um, who's very complimentary about the new look. He rather likes the uh, the third channel down there. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, all your work, dear. All uh, your idea, and I yes. think it's a fantastic one. You had me. I think we should speak about shooting the opening titles. Let's talk about that. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, that's a few days of my life I won't get back. So you had me on a string. Yes. Do this, do that. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I think they've come out really well. Mm. And I do always trust your vision. Absolutely. I, think I don't like that. doing all the bits. We've got to have a box of delights. Got to see it. I know. <laughs> that, get, the mute, get the theme tune in. Yes. Just shift the pitch. You can do no, that. No, I didn't. Oh, I played it. I just worked it out on the piano and did it. In the oh, way. there you go. And it fits perfectly. There yeah, you no, you were completely right. And I knew you'd be right. I just couldn't be asked. No, fair enough. I, couldn't, I certainly couldn't be asked when it took me, what was it, two days? Three <laughs> days? <laughs> two, two and a half days of editing. <laughs> I, I like to think I helped by encouraging you. So, no, do it again. Better. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yes. yes, anyway. Um, it, it worked out really well. I think so. And I it was think fun. so. And it was yes. fun. But there we go. There's there's the people's judgment on, on left-handed people. I like to think that we've done them a good service today. Yes, I would say so. There's got to be yes. many more left-handed people than the half dozen we've said. Um, oh, not many. I'm looking at my list now. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Emma Thompson? I bet uh, Caligula was left-handed. He will have been, won't he? Because he was a bit strange with his horse. Just a little bit. Just a bit. He will have been odd. We should say as well that um, uh, Clavdivs is uh, about to be repeated.
Yeah, I think uh, it started, hasn't it? Uh, has it? Oh, right. Well, you'll be able to get it on iPlayer in that case. But There's a great Smith's lyric. What she asked of me at the end of the day, well, Caligula would have blushed. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's worrying, then. I don't think all, it's half a person. All the, all the shit he did. Um, but let's just check. Is it on at the moment? Uh, oh, I don't bloody know. Look, it probably is. Um... The first episode of iClaudius, oh, it just says 1976. Look, go on to iPlayer and have a look, because it will be on there. If it's not on there, now it'll be on in a week, and you really, really should But the DVD's worth buying anyway. The DVD is 12 quid, and it will be 12 of the best quid that you've ever spent, apart from probably picking up Private Schultz for a fiver. That's that's well worth it. Oh, Private Schultz. God, I, I love that series so much. Oh, it's stunning stuff. I Absolutely. love it so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to save that for winter. There's something incredibly sort of, uh, what's the word, rich and deep about Hinchcliffe's work. There is. There is. Um, whatever he touches, whatever he, right, he, I think what it is, is Hinchcliffe as a producer is a brilliantly creative person but that's not enough to be a good producer to be a good producer you've got to know what you're doing with the cash and I think that Hinchcliffe puts every single penny of a budget out there on that screen um if you watch when he does Doctor Who in 75 76 it doesn't look like a cheap program it looks as though it's got serious money behind it. It's got no more money than it had in 74. It's got no more money than it has the but year. But it's not got Pertwee, so it's probably got more money. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, with the brown envelopes. Yeah. Um, but all that money is absolutely there on screen. And even when they've done a cheapie, which is all shot in studio, it's done with style, so it doesn't look cheap. He moves from there, he goes to Target, Target all shot on film. I've never Which... seen that. Patrick. Oh, Target's yeah. Um, Target's fantastic. It's a brilliant series. Love Patrick Moore. Mary Whitehouse didn't like it at all. Um, it's one of my earliest memories. Is a group of people running across the wasteland, <laughs> being machine gunned in slow motion. And for some reason, I must have gone downstairs for a drink, and my parents were watching it. And I opened the door at that moment and saw that, and was quite traumatized. I can remember it to this day. Um, but all shot on film, beautifully made. Even the feature films that he's done, um, an awfully big adventure. I don't know. Oh, if you've I seen love that. that film. That's one of his. Uh, Hugh Grant. Yep. Yeah. That's one of his, uh, well, I like he... Hugh Grant. I'm I guessing do. you don't. Oh, do you? No, no I, I do. do. I do. I've, Have you I've... seen The Gentleman, the last Guy Ritchie movie? No, I haven't, no. My God. He is fucking tremendous in it. I mean, really? they, are, they all are. I like yeah. Guy Ritchie, though. Um, <laughs> but he is something else. He plays it all like that. He's like, all right, yeah. But it, it ain't shit. Yeah. And it ain't Ray Winston, who's not shit, but he's Ray Winston, so he can be like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's he's a journalist who's just completely unscrupulous, totally unscrupulous. Oh, and oh, it's, 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 Guy Ritchie always frames a story fantastically well. He does, he does. But no, I've always liked Hugh Grant. I've, I've, I, I know for some reason we're not, there's various reasons we're not meant to. I don't care. I think he's fantastic. I even like Four Weddings and a Funeral. Unapologetically, I don't care. Tom Conti sums up Hugh Grant better than anyone. Go on. He, he was in an interview once that I heard, and uh, he just said, 
there's so many traps that actors can fall into and he falls into none of them he says and when you watch how nimbly he goes around those traps and he's it's it's unconscious he said but you know that's the thing with him awfully big wow. adventures fantastic oh it's a fantastic film i think the other one hinchcliffe did was uh, the englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain. love that one love, love that. that this, this is actually give him a part yes it's oh, a great it's wonderful. film. Uh, all Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe is... Oh, that's awfully big adventure, sorry, I'm getting. Yeah, but no, Hinch, Hinchcliffe's a genius. Absolute genius. Um, uh, and a, a lovely, if slightly intimidating chap as well. Well, so, that's intellect for you. It is. Well, I think we've extracted all the fun we can from this week's nice thing. I think so, yes. That'll do, won't it? I need to go out and get three quids worth of likely lads somehow. You do. You need to get to the Cats Protection League and see if someone's popped those in for you. That would be good. Yeah. I might have a wander around this afternoon. Oh, the charity shops at the minute. There's some lovely stuff. Yes, but the charity shops in Widnes aren't the ones in your village, are they? Oh, no, that's true, actually. Probably not. It's an awful lot some knuckle of dusters, Pingu DVDs in there. <laughs> yes. Right, well, okay, that's enough for this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed whatever that was, and we hope you all have a lovely week at home. And until the next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you.